When we talk steering with a motorcycle, we usually think of the front wheel and maybe weight transfer, but learning how to use the rear wheel to steer opens up a whole new world of adventure and fun. And you know what? When you follow the steps laid out here on this episode today, you're going to find it's not that hard to do. Today on our exclusive Rider Skills. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire and Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system. It'll inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's made in the USA, comes with a lifetime warranty. And Best Rest is also the North American distributor for Google Tech filters. Visit them online at www.cyclepump.com. That's cyclepump.com. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. They've got 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. You can also sign up for their e-rider newsletter. It's free at www.maxbmw.com. Hi, I'm Sam Manning. Brian Field. Ted Simon. Justin Vince. Pat Jones. Trevor Schwartz. Nathan Millwood. Simon Payne. Coach Stroud. Sterling Noreen. Brad Johnson. Helge King. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any bag into motorcycle luggage using a unique strapping system that's easy to use and switch from one bike to another. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding, and that has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com. Greenchiliadv.com. The MotoBreeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad mounted on your swing arm, eliminating the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprocket. One ounce of oil lasts over 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprocket and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com. Two eyes in there. www.motobreeze.com. Rider Skills is an exclusive program we developed here at Adventure Rider Radio designed to give you tools to improve your riding both on and off-road. Now, of course, this segment is not meant to be a substitute for professional training. These are ideas and concepts that should you choose to try, you're doing so at your own risk. Today, we're going to cover two turns using the rear wheel on our rider skills program. Now, the first is called a brake slide turn or skid turn, useful for sliding to a stop while at the same time swinging the back end of the bike around in such a way that lines you up for the turn you want to make without having to actually come to a full stop. You get on the gas again and off you go. The other is a power slide turn in which you spin the rear wheel of the bike to do the same thing, swing the back end around to line you up to change your direction. Now, on the surface, these two seem to be fairly close together. So let me begin this episode with giving you an example where these two turns could be handy. So the brake slide turn first. So imagine you're going down a dirt road or a wide trail, and you plan on making a rather sharp turn from that one onto another one. Maybe it goes off in an angle similar to the, the angle that you're coming in at, but it's very tight. So that even if you slowed down and tried to make the corner, it may be difficult, or maybe you couldn't make it. Maybe you have to back the bike up and go forward 
and back. In this case, you would come down the road, you would lock up the rear wheel, swing the back end of the bike around to line you up roughly in the direction you're going, get on the gas, and then you're off onto your other trail that you're going on. You made the turn without having to come to a stop or doing a bunch of messing around. That's the brake slide turn. So the other is a power slide turn. Now for that one, imagine that you're climbing some switchbacks that are tight and steep. You don't want to be slowing down each time that you change direction. So as you come up to the switchback and you have to turn to go up the other one, you don't want to slow down because if you slow down or stop, then you have to get going again. You have all the traction problems related to that. So you can use the engine to spin up the rear wheel and swing the back end of the bike around very gracefully as you go into that corner and then you go up the hill. And I'm sure you've seen it many times, this type of thing, if you've ever seen any racing, um, be it on the road or in dirt, uh, that style of turning. So these two are great skills to have in your in your skill toolbox, as Coach Ramey would say, but they also help build your overall skill. They help you learn about handling the bike and, and work with your balance. So it's beneficial to learn the skills because you use them, but it also increases your overall skill level. And you'd just be much more comfortable tackling things that maybe otherwise would have seemed very stressful. So here we go. We're going to break these down and we're going to run you through both of them and then give you some exercises at the end to get out there and learn it on your own. And today we've got Coach Ramey Stroud back again. He is well-known in the motorcycle training community. He spends a lot of his time training professional off-road riders. Coach Ramey, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Hey, thanks for having me, Jim. What have you been doing in the in the absence since we've had you on here? Oh, uh, well, uh, we had kind of a late training season. Um, uh, had pretty good weather, so we just kept going hard until the trails uh turned into mud and it got just a little bit too rough to be out there on the on the ranges and on the hillside so uh, we pretty much closed down for the season and uh, now I'd, I'll do some inside talks for shops where uh, you know they want to keep people engaged and people want to be you know the, be thinking about the next ride season because uh, up here in the northwest we can't really ride year-round uh, at least off-road and uh, so we try to stay busy any way we can. So right now it's a, it's a lot of inside time. Are you escaping to, to fair weather at all in the winter? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll be going back down to the Dakar rally at the end of the year. So, you know, right after Christmas, I'm on an airplane. What are you doing down there? Uh, I coach some of the pro riders. Uh, the idea is, um, uh, you know, that I'm down there to help them. Uh, solve problems uh, we're not really doing training during the race it's you know it's past the training time now it's time to get out there and perform but along the way sometimes there's physical problems nutrition problems hydration problems stuff like that so i just go down and i'm there to troubleshoot and give them moral support sort of a steering type thing yeah and uh, so it's a lot of fun for me and i you know it, i think it gives them a you know, a little bit of more confidence just to know that they've got, uh, you know, some support and uh, waiting in the wings to that if they've got problems that maybe we can solve them. Well, that was my poor attempt at a segue into steering. <laughs> but but today, of course, we're talking about rear wheel steering. Now, most of the time when you think about steering on the motorcycle, people think of using the front wheel. How useful is rear wheel steering? Well, once you get an idea how to do it, uh, it becomes very useful as well as being a lot of fun. 
uh, it's not used all the time, every every time you ride, but when you need it, it's really nice to have these skills in your toolbox. Um, it, it is a kind of a different style of steering, obviously, but uh, if you kind of think about how the front forks uh, are attached to the motorcycle at the steering head, it really makes sense. Uh, you know, the, the rear of the bike uh, at the steering head will drift out to the left or the right. And so uh, you're able to use that rear wheel to create um, uh, turn radius. And so we're going to be talking quite a bit about how to do that and the steps to, you know, start easy and then maybe pull off something a little more challenging. Now, you mentioned to me before that this this isn't really a basic skill. No, um I mean, some of the things we do to get ready for sliding turns are basic skills, but uh, the you know to be brake sliding around corners or power sliding around corners is is more like a intermediate to maybe a low advanced. And so uh, you know this is not where you want to be starting out at. This comes a little later uh, in your program. But you're going to talk us through um, and, and give us some ways to start off. If you're not into doing these, if you don't feel your skill level's up to this, you've got some ways to get people started on the on the road to skidding, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you need to be able uh, to be comfortable standing up on the foot pegs to ride. And uh, that means being able to move all around the bike, you know, left and right and forward and back. Um, you also need to be able to uh, handle skids in a straight line. Um, and so, you know, these are uh, some skills that uh, we can practice earlier in, in, in our riding career so that uh, we can start to get ready for these sliding turns. Um, but, uh, Jim, before we get going, can, can I talk about a couple of terms? Sure. Um, you know, sometimes it gets real confusing when we're talking about turns if, if we say to the right or to the left. And so instead of using right and left – we use the words inside and outside. So if I'm making a right turn, um, the inside of the turn is to my right. So in a right turn, my right peg would be my inside foot peg. My left uh, would be my outside foot peg. And then the opposite to the left. Sure. Okay. So the, ins the inside turn is always in the direction that we're traveling, the way the bike is going to go. Uh, yeah. So we're going to go around the turn. Okay. Well, let's start with brake turns. And um, uh, basically, a power slide is a brake turn where the gas comes on a lot earlier in the turn. And so uh, the brake slide turns are a really good introduction into power sliding. So let's start there. Okay. Uh, first, let's think about where we might use a brake turn where we're sliding the rear wheel to the outside to be able to make the turn. Okay, I, I had I had one of these the other day, heading down a logging road, and there's a road coming up on my left, and it's a very rough road. It's just a, a, a newly roughed-in logging road, but it goes off on an angle, sort of running the same direction as the road. So as I'm coming up, I actually have to make this really sharp turn and head back in the same direction that I've just come from. That's a turn where I happen to use a skid to turn my bike around so that I could make the turn without having to stop. Uh, a good example, um, especially if you don't really see the turn until you get to it. So you, you've already got um, a fair amount of speed up. And so you got to be able to scrub speed off and make the turn at the same time. Um, 
this happens all the time too on single track where you're doing switchbacks um, down the side of a mountain. And so uh, a lot of times you, you, you're sliding because the mountain's so steep. And so as you're sliding, you've got to be able to step the rear wheel out to make the switchback or you're going off the edge of the mountain. Okay, so we're, we're skidding the back end out, and as you said, it changes the angle of the front wheel in, in relationship to the rear wheel and, and steers us around the corner. It's as simple as that. And I think most people will understand that if you've, uh, even, even in cars, if you've ever slid around in cars, you sort of get that sensation, particularly if you had a front wheel drive and you use the rear brake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the thing is, uh, bikes are a lot more fun than cars. And quite frankly, they're, you know, once you get it, they're, they're a lot easier to do because you're able to influence the bike with body position and foot pegs. And so, uh, you know, after you connect with your bike and you get into this turn, it just it happens automatically and it just feels so good. But uh, there's a bunch of steps that uh, you go through to get there. So the first thing you want to think about is setting up the slide. And so we don't want to do that in the middle of a turn. So we start in a straight line as we're approaching the turn. We start a rear wheel skid in a straight line to let the bike slow down to a good turn speed. Now, what's a good turn speed for a brake slide? Well, if you're going too slow, obviously you're not going to get around the corner. The bike's going to come to a stop. And if you're going too fast, the rear wheel wants to come around maybe a little too quickly and it feels like you're going to low slide and it's hard to control. So um, after a while, you, you know what a good turn entry speed is. And we've got some drills later that uh, I'll describe for you so you can get that feeling. But you start the turn with a rear, a straight rear brake slide to the turn entry point. Okay, so that's the, the ideal conditions, and, and we're, we're setting it up by coming in and skidding the rear wheel. Yeah, we're in a straight line, clutch in, skid. Now, when you skid the rear wheel, you're going to step down on that rear brake pedal and hold it. It's not about feathering it. It's not about releasing it up and down. Once you commit to the slide, you're going to hold the slide. And so you've locked up the rear wheel, and now you're sliding straight ahead, you're controlling the bike with body position and foot bag waiting. Now, when you get to the turn entry point, uh, you know, where, where you're going to start your turn, you got to get your chin up and look through the turn because the reality is that you're going to go wherever you're looking. So if you're looking down or you're looking straight ahead, you're not going to make the turn. You got to look through the turns. And so get your chin up and look around the corner and you're going to go where your eyes go. So you start all the turns with your eyes. Then you lean the bike into the turn with body weight, not with your handlebars. And that means that, uh, you know, depending on the turn situation, you might just lean over to the inside of the turn a little bit. Or in a more aggressive turn, you're going to be weighting your inside foot bag. Okay. So we're, we're up to the corner. We're up to our turn, rather. We, we're starting to lean the bike by weighting a peg. Waiting a peg or uh, sometimes just leaning a, a upper body into the turn a little bit is enough. It, it just depends on the, what kind of bike, um, you know, how big, how heavy, uh, what kind of surface, what kind of tires and so on. So uh, it just gives you a, a couple of ways to be able to, to handle it. 
peg or body. So now once the bike leans to the inside, because you're skidding, the rear wheel's going to do the opposite of the lean. It's going to slip a little bit to the outside. So as it slips to the outside, you need to be able to control how far it's going to go out. And you can handle it with foot peg weighting. In other words, if my rear wheel is stepping too far out to the left, if I move over to the left, I can bring it back in uh, towards the center of the bike. If I'm stepping out too far to the left and I lean to the right, it's going to go out even more left. It's sort of like a, a water skier trying to pass the boat, isn't it? You know, the boat being the front wheel and the water skier being your rear wheel. And if you're not careful on a corner, the water skier can end up passing the boat, which you don't want to do in either case, either a rear wheel or the water skier. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Now, as we're sitting here talking about it, it may not create that mental picture that uh, is so logical. But when you see it on a bike, it just it really makes sense. I mean, this this is something we don't spend a lot of time on when we're doing hands on training just because it is so logical, but uh, mm -hmm. just think it through and it, it'll make sense. Now, if it turns out that uh, your rear wheel step to the outside and you're going around the corner, um, if you keep steering around the corner, uh, then you're probably going to step out too wide. So if you can't control the rear wheel just with body position, then you need to think about the handlebars. And uh, a real simple way of thinking about this is just keep the front wheel pointed at your turn exit. Wherever you're going to go, you just keep the front wheel pointed there. Now, let's say I'm making a right turn and my rear wheel stepped out to the left. If I am turning the wheel to the left, I'm crossed up. Steering-wise. Yeah, and, and so that's fine in this situation. Uh, and you see it all the time in the extreme with flat track racers or speedway racers. You know, they're going around the corner to the left and that rear wheel is stepped out to the right side and they're steering to the right. And, the, and that allows them to go straight. So we use this thing called crossed up steering in uh, brake slides and power slides. Now, it's not much of a handlebar turn. It may be just a few degrees one way or the other. So if you start thinking about it, it gets too technical. Just keep the front wheel pointed at where you want to go. That's and, what I was and, thinking. I was thinking it's one of those things that almost as you start to define it, sometimes it becomes more complicated than it actually is because, like you said, it's, it's almost automatic. Yeah, exactly. And so when we're doing hands-on, it's kind of like a no-brainer. Just, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if, if you are turning one way or the other too much, the bike's not going where you want it to go and you just correct. So it's automatic. But as we're sitting here talking about it, eh, we'll give it a name. We'll call it crossed-up steering. Okay. So we're in the turn. We're making our turn. Maybe you have made our turn. We're still on the brakes, though. The bike is still slowing down. It's slowing down. It's getting around the corner. And now it's time to um, uh, get, get through the turn, to exit the turn, and which means that we've got to uh, come back on the power. Now, at this point, we do something called overlapping. And you see this all the time in racing, uh, especially on a motocross track, where we'll be coming into a turn in a standing position, and we sit down, and we're on the brakes, 
And then as we get close to the center of the turn, the apex will get back on the gas and the gas and the brake are on at the same time. We overlap. And the reason we do that is to keep the suspension settled and then to allow this smooth transition from brake to gas. So as you are coming out of this brake slide turn and you start to do your clutch release, you know, your RPMs are up and start the release of the clutch before the rear brake is fully released. In other words, you're on the gas and the brake at the same time for a few seconds. And it's just a quick, easy rear brake release at the same time you're rolling on the gas. That takes some coordination practice. Yeah, and we do that in, in the drills we'll talk about a little bit later. But quite frankly, uh, we'll use overlapping skills in a lot of other situations, just not sliding turns, but you know, all the time in, in riding off-road. So overlapping is, is a basic skill that you need to learn. Uh, at some point in your career. Where should your weight be on the bike as you're doing this? Okay, well, we get into a braking position for that straight-ahead slide where we kind of fold forward at the waist a little bit. We bend our knees a little, and that allows us to drop our bum down and back. And we don't want to go back so far that our elbows lock because then we lose our steering. So we'll get back and just leave our elbows slightly bent so that we can move those handlebars as we need to. So that's our braking position. And and that also keeps us from wanting to go over the handlebars when we can get on the brakes. I really like the way you said that about not locking your elbows because if your elbows are locked, when you go to steer one way or the other, you have nothing more to extend. Exactly. And so in a sense, locked elbows are a loss of control. That's if we're braking, we're getting back and and that allows our body to be really neutral in that with the braking forces. But then as we uh, come on the gas and we're doing accelerating, then we need to go forward because the bike wants to squirt out from under us. In other words, we, we're going to get thrown backwards. So we go forward into what's called an attack position. And so if we're doing a brake slide turn, as we come off the brakes and onto the gas, then we need to go forward on the bike a little bit. And uh, depending on how fast the turn is, we, we go forward even more. But um, it's going from braking position to attack position. Now, have you got that mental picture? Yeah. Did I say it? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now, um, as you're moving from back to front, you're also going to be moving left and right to stand the back back up to the vertical. And the gas is going to help you do that. When when you let off the brake and get on the gas, it wants to pick the bike up anyway. But um, you might have to, you know, play a little bit left and right uh, to find that sweet spot that'll just bring the bike back up and, and take you down the trail. You're talking weighting-wise, peg weighting. Yeah. So uh, when I said earlier that, you know, you need to be comfortable riding uh, while standing on the foot pegs and moving around on the bike. So moving around on the bike in this case would be as I'm moving from back to front, I also need to be able to make a few little adjustments left and right. So I'm I'm all over the bike, but because I've practiced and, and now it feels good, it just comes automatically. 
Now, just before we do a recap on, on the instructions you've just given, do you think this would be easy to try on a, a hill? Because you mentioned switchbacks, and that's where it's particularly fun, is if you're doing switchbacks. Um, just because it's a little more controlled and slower speed than running down the straight, flat road and, and stomping on the rear brake? Well, the the idea of, of gravity helping us keep our speed up is a really good idea. But uh, my experience is a lot of times... If you're trying it on roads and and switchback trails, uh, in the beginning, you don't always pull it off. You know, you're learning and you're practicing and sometimes you go a little wide and just make doggone sure that you've got some room to <laughs> to go wide without going down the side of the mountain. Okay, maybe, maybe that was a bad suggestion. <laughs> maybe we'll just stick to the flat. <laughs> well, I, I like controlled training environments because you don't have to worry about the terrain. You, you know, it's more about uh, connecting with your bike and, and then being able to uh, pull off these sequential movements and, and then add terrain. Yeah, but, it makes uh, sense. I mean, do it in, a, in an area where you can afford the mistakes that you need to have. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So let's do a little brake slide uh, turn recap, okay? And and this, you know, we I did a lot of talking about how to do this, but this kind of shortens it down and just makes it step by step. So it's, it's just a simple straight line skid to turn entry, and then you got to keep the skid going so you don't let off the rear brake. You chin up and look around the corner, and then you move to that inside foot peg to step the wheel to the outside. Keep your front wheel pointed where you want to go, and then as you get around the turn, roll on the gas before you release the brake. Slip that clutch out as your brake lever is coming up, and then move your weight from the back of the bike towards the front as you finish the turn and ride off. Okay. So you, you have uh, um, some assignments that uh, we're going to give at the end, but we're going to talk about power slide turns next. Just before we go into that, I, I just want to ask you about getting on the gas before you release your rear brake. How important is that? Well, it's a skill that, uh, you know, once you're riding off-road, uh, you're going to be doing this all the time. So you might as well get this skill in your toolbox just as quick as you can because it's, it is really important. Unfortunately, there's a lot of riders out there that have no idea that it even exists. So this is a, a, a trick, a tip, a tool that you, you really need to get. Now, the way you can practice this is you're just riding on a straight line on a dirt surface, and let's say you're in first gear and you've rolled the RPMs up, and as you've rolled the RPMs up, just hold them and then step down on the rear brake and listen to your RPMs come down. And you're loading the engine because you're adding more drag. And so you can start to feel the effect of the rear brake while you're on the gas um, in a very controlled environment. And then um, when you start to think about turn exit on these brake slide turns, you begin to realize that my rear wheel is going from a stopped sliding um, situation, in other words, the wheel's not turning, to uh, being under the gas and turning again. So you've got to be able to make that transition smoothly. And if you don't overlap 
what happens is the bike kind of bounces up and down, the shocks rebound, and then uh, sometimes they compress again, and it, it just is not smooth. And uh, because it's not smooth, sometimes you, you don't catch traction easily. Uh, you'll get it, and then it'll spin again, and then you'll get traction, and then maybe it'll spin again. So this overlapping allows the bike to stay steady and allows the smooth application of traction to pull you out of the turn and drive away. Okay, so power slide turns. I think a lot of people get the idea it's spinning around a corner, but I think there's a little bit more to it than that when we break it down. Well, it's it's kind of the same skill uh, set, uh, whether you're just pulling off a, a, a turn or you're out there trying to, you know, kind of show off for your buddies a little bit and, you know, do some spins. But the reality of it is that um, uh, it, it's a very usable tool. It's not just a, something you, you show off with. And so uh, let's talk about how to, you know, start it and, and pull it off and uh, some of the things you can do to, to learn to be able to do it and practice it. And then later on, if you want to, you know, <laughs> do a little showboating, then that's up to you. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Before we get into this, let's talk just just quickly about the, the times that you can use it and it would make sense to use other than showboating. Well, okay. So for brake slide turns, we were using uh, an example of a maybe a single track trail on the side of a mountain where you, you come to a, a really sharp switchback. And so you got to step the rear wheel out with the rear brake to be able to come around the corner and then continue on the trail. Well, what happens if you get at the bottom, you want to turn around and go back up? You can't brake slide uphill. So instead, as you're coming back up the hill and you hit the switchback, you step the rear wheel out with power instead of brake. And it's basically the same kind of turn, only you're using your right hand instead of your right foot. And then you get around the turn and continue down the trail. There are some precautions that you talk about with this. Yeah, um, and... I mean, there's some things that uh, folks don't really think about, but we, we want you to think about them before we start practicing. First of all, for power slide turns, you want to do a power slide just as slow as you can possibly do it. In other words, how, however slow you can do and still be able to pull off the turn, that's your, your best speed. Um, maybe later when you're showboating, that's a different story, but that's, that's not what we're talking about now. We're talking about controlled turns under power. Um, the other thing is when you are using power and you're spinning that rear wheel and you're on a dirt surface, you're probably going to leave ruts. And so if you're in an area that's subject to erosion, you can do some trail damage. And so it may be that you, you need to be thinking about that. You know, if it's a multi-use trail or some trail you want to be able to come back to next season, you know, that's just one more reason to do the turn as slowly as possible and try not to leave any marks on the trail. And, and like we say, if you leave no tracks, then you're welcome back. But if you start tearing up trails, then pretty soon the bikes are going to be outlawed from the area. One other thing that's really important for power slides is uh, you need to always cover your clutch. You know, get a couple of fingers out there over the clutch lever. And if you overdo it, pull that clutch in and it's going to 
shut things down. So um, just be aware. It's like when you do a wheelie and you maybe come up too far, it's your rear brake that's going to bring you back down. In a power slide situation, it's going to be your clutch. So keep your clutch covered and uh, you know be ready to use it if you need to. Okay, now for the power slide turn. Okay, well, um, this is going to be like uh, the brake slides. There's going to be what I call a, a chain of movement, and it's just a number of steps, one after the other, that uh, are very logical, and they make the turn a lot more controllable. So like I said, the first thing is make your, your power slide turn as slow as possible. So you're going to scrub off your speed in that straight, clutch in brake slide to your turn point and try to be precise with your your timing and your wheel placement and uh, as you'll see when we start talking about practicing we want you to be able to put that front wheel on the mark every time it's not just general position or close we want you to be able to place that front wheel wherever you need it and so if you're at that turn point then you know you're there and you're going to start the turn at a particular spot. So um, we're going to do a brake slide into turn entry. And then uh, we're going to do the same thing as a brake slide. We chin up and look through the turn. And so now here's the difference between the brake slide and the power slide. Is the power slide, the clutch comes out way early in the turn. Whereas a brake slide, the clutch is coming out on turn exit. We're going to be letting the clutch out on turn entry. So we want to move our body weight to the inside and a little bit forward because we're going to be accelerating through the turn. So we're going to start the turn uh, when we're almost stopped by leaning the bike to the inside, either with our body or our foot peg, and we're going to be coming forward and getting ready for the acceleration. So now we're going to get our RPMs up and then we're going to smoothly overlap the clutch release as we let off the rear brake. So we've got an overlap just like we do in the, the brake slide, but it's coming on turn entry and not turn exit. Now, in the beginning, you're going to have to add a little bit more RPMs to start the turn than to go around the corner. And the reason is, is you're going from a stop skidding wheel to a spinning wheel that's grabbing for traction. Uh, so once the wheel starts spinning, uh, then you're not going to need quite as much power to get around the turn. You're going to be able to modulate that throttle a little bit as you need to. And then think about you being forward on the bike. You're off-weighting the rear wheel. And so it's going to spin a lot easier than if you were back in a braking position weighting the rear wheel. So as you come forward, you're off-weighting the rear wheel but you're also weighting the front wheel, which adds to your ability to steer the bike. Try not to use too much throttle, okay? That's that's a common problem uh, when folks are learning the power slide. Uh, once you got the wheel spinning, you really don't need quite as much power as you think. But uh, before we get out of, of this discussion and go on to the next step, remember that your boots can influence the amount of slide too. In other words, when I say your boots, I'm talking about foot peg weighting. If I step down on my inside foot peg, and remember that's away from the slide, I can move the rear wheel out even more. If I step down on the outside, in other words, towards the slide, 
then it's going to stand the bike up and tend to bring the rear wheel back towards center. So in addition to my right hand controlling the amount of slide, I can also use my body weight. And most of the time we're, we're using both. Okay, next step is just like in a brake slide, we want to keep the front wheel pointed through the turn. So in a power slide, there may be times where we're crossed up a little bit, just like in a brake slide, so that we're going to the right, but we're actually steering a little bit to the left. If we're going to the left, we may be steering a little bit to the right. But uh, just keep the front wheel pointed through the turn. And then finish the turn with controlled power. Now, as we come out of the turn, we tend to want to roll the gas on and accelerate even more. Well, roll it on, but slowly and smoothly. Uh, chances are, if you roll it on too quickly, you know, that traction that you do have that's pulling you through the turn, you're going to lose it and the wheel's just going to start kicking up dirt. And, you know, if there's anybody behind you, they're going to be yelling at you for all the roost. Right. And at that point, you, you can shift your weight back and get more traction on the rear wheel, too. Yeah, exactly. If, if that's what you need to do. So basically, the difference between a brake slide turn and a power slide turn is a power slide turn. The power comes on at turn entry. And uh, for a brake slide turn, the power comes on at turn exit. So the other place that I'm thinking of with the power slide that, that I find is that if you're going uphill, switchbacks, or even a slight incline on a road, much like you would see the flat trackers do, you can kick the back end out to make your corner. And at that point, I'm not using any brake coming into the corner. Exactly. Um, you've controlled your, your speed uh, with the uphill. In other words, gravity is what's controlling your, your speed rather than your rear brake. But um, uh, when we practice on the on the flat, uh, you know, we're going to be putting out some markers or cones and you're going to be able to start seeing the effect of, you know, how much throttle gives you how much step out. And that's part of the, the training. But uh, before we go to the end of training, can we do a, a quick recap on the steps of the power slide? Yeah, let's do that. Walk through it. Okay, so like I said, basically uh, power slides or brake slides uh, with the gas coming on earlier in the turn and uh, that we always want to cover our clutch. That's our safety net. So we're going to do that power slide turn as slowly as possible. We're going to have our chin up and look through the turn. And then we're going to start the turn when we're almost stopped. Then as at that point, we're going to move forward from the braking position into attack position uh, before we get a gas. And then we're going to roll on the gas to get our RPMs up and smoothly let the clutch out as we come off the rear brake. We're going to control the amount of slide with our right hand, with gas, and with our boots, uh, waiting back and forth. As we're coming around the turn, we're going to keep the front wheel pointed through the turn, and then we're going to finish the turn up with control power. And that's it. It's, it's something that does take some time to get the hang of, though, isn't it? I mean, it, as you mentioned, it's not a beginner skill, but it's certainly something to get the hang of because it, it sort of opens up a whole new world for you. Yeah, the, there's also a, a, a sense of confidence that happens because... Now you're connecting with your bike at a much more advanced level. And, uh, 
you know, it's not that the clutch is just in or out. It's more like a dimmer switch that I can feed power um, as I need to. And I can control power as I need to in the same way with the rear brake. And I start to really see the influence of my body position on traction. And mm. uh, I mean, it just takes it to the next level. And this is just a great teaching tool uh, to be able to help people step up into that and the more advanced levels. We're going to take a one minute break and then we're going to come back, but stay with us because when we come back, coach has a a set of simple instructions that you can follow on your own to learn how to do it and practice. Stay with us. Well, it was some years back now that I was riding along a trail, uh, riding a KLR 650, and I'm, I'm on a trail. There's been a recent rain, fair bit of rain, actually, so the, the puddles were quite full. And I got a little spirited, I have to admit, you know, and there's, there's a few little spots where um, you can sort of catch air, you know, with the KLR. It was, it was just a fun ride. It's a, it's a neat little stretch. There's good visibility on it um, for the most part. But one little spot that I came up to, there's a, a spot where you come up on a hill and it sort of flattens out. And everything looked clear as far as vehicles coming, because that's really what I'm looking for, vehicles, obstructions, things like that. What I didn't realize was right in the level at the top of the hill was a puddle, and the puddle was actually quite deep. So I went right into it, and the water that was cut by the front wheel and blown out the sides, as a motorcycle does, and it literally blew my feet off the foot pegs. My feet just came right off the foot pegs. Now, the reason for that... Lousy foot pegs, simple as that. They just didn't have that grip. And certainly that little lesson there opened my eyes to it. Um, But that's why I ride with IMS foot pegs now. IMS has the the full range of adventure motorcycle foot pegs, right from the the core pegs right on up to the ADV 1s and 2s. And not only do they hold your feet in place, they're guaranteed for life. They're made of the strongest quality materials because I've been running them for a long time now and I've been beating them to death. Do yourself a favor, check out what IMS is doing, www.imsproducts.com. And anytime you're dealing with them, email, shows, anything like that, throw a name in there, tell them you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Okay, I know you have a couple of ways that you've set up for people to practice or try to learn the skill on their own. Um, Do you have some tips that you want to give, first of all, for what area we want to choose to do this in? Yeah, like I said, um, you know, you pick a good training spot. Uh, Sliding turns are are just so much easier to learn on a flat, hard-packed dirt surface. Um, You know, try to stay away from knobbies and sand or or on the side of a hill in the beginning. Uh, Let's start with uh, something we haven't really talked about that much, and it's lower body steering. You know, we've talked about influencing the lean angles of the bike with body weight and weighting foot bags. But um, if you're kind of new to off-road riding and you're trying to just move up, this is a good little practice session that you ought to think about. Uh, because we use our body weight through the foot pegs to start turns. Now, if you're trying to pull off a 90-degree turn, you're not going to be able to do it with body weight. You're going to have to use uh, handlebars too. But if you're just trying to swerve a little bit left and right, you, you can keep the handlebars pointed straight ahead and do it through the foot pegs. So to experience this and to start to get a feel for it, 
we set up a straight row of uh, markers or cones that are about 25 feet, uh, 8 meters or so apart. And then we just start at one end and we keep our chin up and our eyes looking at the far end of the, of the row. And then we weave left and right through the cones or the, the markers just with waiting foot pegs. And you really start to see the influence of uh, body weight on directional control. And so that's just a simple little warm-up drill that uh, uh, is actually pretty valuable. And it's also the type of thing you can, you can just practice even just going down a trail, just weaving back and forth and getting the feel for it. Yeah, I mean, I've been on long cross-country trips on the highway, you know, uh, especially down in South America where there's nobody on the highway and there's all these dots in the middle of the road, and it's like I'm a little bored anyway, and I'll just start do, <laughs> doing weaving, you know. And I'll do every fourth dot, and then I'll do every third dot, and, and uh, you know, it just kind of breaks up the day a little bit, and it keeps me thinking about uh, uh, controlling the bike with body weight. Now, you didn't hear that here. I'm always I, I'm always in my lane. I never I never cross double lines. Absolutely, and and and, and, and I don't speed. All in controlled closed track. I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So okay. For for so, straight skid practice. All right. So, um, some we haven't talked about that it's kind of obvious, but uh, we need to mention it is that when you're going to be skidding a bike around. You need to turn off your ABS or at least disable it. The other thing is that you don't need to be really uh, going real fast to practice straight line skids. You know, about 20 miles an hour or 30 kph on a flat, hard pack surface. Now, if you if you do start to go faster, then you need to think about something that uh, can be a little dangerous, and it's called a tail whip. And uh, basically what happens is uh, the rear wheel steps out too far in the skid or under uh, power acceleration. And uh, because it steps out too far or, or too fast, the rider, I don't want to say panics, but they get a little concerned and they let off the gas too fast. And then the wheel slows down or if it's a skidding wheel, it speeds up. And either way, it catches traction, and then it flips back towards the center line, but it doesn't stop at the center line. It goes over the center line to the other side of the bike. And so it's whipped from, let's say, right to left. And then over on the left side, it'll keep spinning and catches traction, and then it'll spin, flip back to the right. So the rear wheel will flip back and forth, left and right, and eventually it's going to throw the rider up into the air and, and like a high sight crash. It's it's a nasty, nasty kind of fall. So you want to avoid a tail whip uh, any way you possibly can. And uh, the easiest way to do that is keep your speed down. Now, remember I said, and you're practicing your straight line skids, you know, Step down on that rear brake and hold it, and you keep it held. And in and, and this drill, it's going to be until we come to a full stop. But if for some reason you were going too fast and the rear wheel stepped out 
and you're holding the rear brake down, it's going to step out and just slide down into a low side fall, which is a heck of a lot easier to take than a high side. Um, so if all of this doesn't scare you enough to keep your speeds down, I, I don't know what will. This is kind of like um, doing the same thing on the street. You know, you'll see someone come along uh, uh, in, in traffic, let's say, for instance, they jump on the rear brake and the rear wheel locks up. And then if they let off that rear brake as they're still sliding, they can end up doing a high side because the, the tire was traveling sideways slightly as, as the rear wheel was locked up. And the moment you let off, now all of a sudden it wants to run in line. Yep. And uh, that's, that's a tail whip. And uh, if it even if it does come back just to center, it's got so much force that it'll it'll lift your butt up off the seat, and mm-hmm. maybe if if you're not prepared, it'll a horrible take you. high side. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you know I, I just can't caution you enough. Uh, you know, avoid the tail whip by you know keeping your speeds at a at a reasonable training rate. Okay, keep our speeds down. Yes, sir. Okay, so uh, the next thing with with straight skid practice is. Really try to be precise. Have a marker where you want your front wheel to come to a full stop and make it on the money, not just close, but in a, right there. Uh, and that's your goal. And the idea is that most of the time when we're riding the bikes, we don't really work on wheel placement like we should. Um, there are times where you're going to go between two rocks you know, and, you know, then we're really paying attention. But most of the time we're, you know, we're just kind of in the general vicinity. Start thinking about, you know, I want my wheel there and then put it there. And uh, this is a good uh, time to be practicing that. So straight skid practice, uh, you're going to stop on the dime. And that's where you're, you're going to have uh, markers out. Now, uh, when it's time to actually do the skid, Remember that you're going to keep your head up and you're going to be looking past your brake markers. You're going to be able to see them. You know where they're at. But do not look down. Keep your head up. Keep your eyes up. Now, you're going to pull in the clutch and then you're going to stand down on the rear brake and hold it. It's not up or down. You're going to hold it and you're going to hold the skid all the way to a stop. Now, as you brake, you're going to go into your braking position. So like I said before, you're going to fold forward at the hips a little and then bend your knees slightly, and that's going to allow you to drop your bum down towards the seat and go back. Don't go back so far that your elbows lock because then you've lost steering control. So that's your limit on how far you can go back into your braking position is, is whether your elbows are locked or not. Okay, so then um, we're going to practice short skids at slow speed first. And then we can pick up our speed, remembering tail whips. And we can do longer and longer straight rear brake skids. And the idea is that we're going to be comfortable holding the skid. Because eventually we're going to be holding the skid around the corner. So if you can't do it in a straight line, you're certainly not going to be able to do it around the corner. So we're practicing, practicing, practicing. Now, if while you're doing your longer skid, the rear wheel starts to slide off to one side or the other, um, it means something 
wasn't right that caused this this kid. Can you can you think of what that might be? You're leaning the bike one way or the other. Yeah. Um, sometimes we don't think about it. Um, and I I've had guys that you know are practicing and they've still got their panniers on, and and they're going down the road with uh, all the stuff they've hardly ever touched. Uh, you know, in the offside pannier to right side. You know, like their tools and their spares, all the heavy stuff. And then the, the then they got all their clothes and their toiletries in the left panniered because that's easier to get to when they, you know, they get to a hotel or something. And it's like, no, the bike is totally out of balance. Uh, it's heavy to the right. But because they've been riding that way so long, they, they don't feel it anymore. But when you're in a skid, it will influence the bike and the bike will lean to the right and the and the rear wheel will step out to the left. So make sure that you're balanced on the bike and that your bike is balanced. And uh, if you find yourself skidding out uh, in your practice skids and you're always going to one side, you know, then just stop and look at it, think about it, you know, and say, what's going on? My, my bike's out of balance. Well, how am I going to fix this? And then once you get it fixed and your slides start to come back to straight, then you're much more likely to to have a smile on your face when you come to a full stop. Now, that being said, there's always going to be little imperfections in the dirt surfaces, maybe from prior skids or tracks or rocks or whatever else. So there are times where the the rear wheel will start to step out, but you can catch it with foot peg weighting. So if I uh, feel my rear wheel start to come out uh, with, uh, let's say, to the right, uh, even though I've already holding my rear brake down on the right side, I can add a little more weight to the right and bring the wheel back into center. And of course, this is all standing. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. it's real hard, almost impossible to weight foot pegs when you're on your butt, sitting on your butt. Uh -huh. You can push down, you can put pressure on the pegs, but you're really not shifting weight very much. And you can lean your upper body and get some uh, effect, but uh, you get so much more effective body weighting when you're standing up on the foot pegs. How do we know that we're, uh, we're like once we're doing this skid practice, how do we know we're ready to do a turn? Well, when you can consistently uh, come to a full stop with your front tire on the marker, and I'm going to add one more thing. And while you're standing there, balance for a couple of seconds uh, before you put your foot down, then you're ready to start working on turns. Now, we haven't talked about this balance part. I want to I want to add to that for a second if I can. Mm -hmm. So you're doing a straight sliding skid. Uh, your head's up. Eyes are looking down the road. And you've come to a stop. Your front wheel's right on the mark. Uh, stand there for a second or two and just balance the bike. Don't automatically throw a boot down. See if you can hold that balance for a second or two and then very comfortably step down. Um, you'll see a lot of folks that, you know, as soon as the bike comes to a stop, it's like they got to get a boot down and hold the bike. And it's almost like an emergency procedure. Uh, the reality is that if you're balanced on the bike and you're connected, um, you can sit there for a couple of seconds and it, it kind of feels pretty good. And then just 
put your boot down slowly and relax, take the bike. It's not an emergency. It's just the next step in the process. Okay. Where do we go next? We've got a brake turn and a power slide. Yeah. Okay. So brake turn practice, uh, again, you need to be on an open area, flat, you know, packed dirt. And I like to use uh, markers. Uh, most of the time, you know, in practice, we're, we're trashing the markers. Uh, sometimes we'll put a tire over them and so on. And cones are expensive. So we just collect milk bottles and uh, uh, we'll use milk bottles or water bottles or something as, as markers. And uh, uh, we'll put, put down some markers. Uh, and basically for a brake turn practice, I like to use six markers. And... Two will be my okay. Now, to make things easier for you, if you want to see the marker configuration, etc., drop by our website and check out the show notes for this episode www.adventureriderradio.com. We've posted the diagrams that Coach Ramey has given us. It's probably easier to check them out there, and you can even print them off as well um, if you want to go out and do his exercise just the way he's laying it out. Yeah, okay, good idea. Thanks. Uh, so, we've got a, a place that we're gonna uh, consider our turn entry point, that's where we're where uh, uh, things are going to start to happen. And then uh, off to the side, we've got two other markers that we're going to actually turn through. And anything we practice to the right, we practice equally to the left. So we got two markers to the right and two markers to the left. And the uh, idea is that uh, we're going to do everything that we've talked about, only we're going to do it with precision through the markers. And if you find yourself... Uh, going past your brake markers, then you need to go back and keep practicing your, your straight brake slides. If you are making the turn and you don't go through your, your turn markers, um, you need to stop and think about, well, why didn't I make it? Uh, was I going too slow that I couldn't, uh, I didn't have enough momentum to slide all the way around the corner? Uh, or did I weight the wrong foot bake? Or did I not keep my front wheel pointed towards where I want to go? Or did I have my eyes looking down at the ground? Uh, you know, just stop and figure it out. Because what will happen if you don't do that, you'll keep practicing the same thing over and over again. You'll keep having problems. And it's kind of like, oh, crap, I can't do this. Um, you know, practicing something that doesn't work, uh, doesn't work. Mm. And I guess you know? that's a good thing about putting markers down is that it, like, rather than just trying it on the dirt with putting markers down, it sort of, it gets that precision into it. It makes you learn to go around the obstacles that you're eventually going to go around. That's the point of it. Yeah. Well, it start it, it puts your mind in a different state that, uh, now it's like, okay, I'm, I'm a good writer. I'm precise. And there are a lot of times where uh, you need to, to be able to get around that single track, track trail or you're, you're off the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So you might as well practice in a safe training environment to place in the front wheel and the rear wheel where you want it. Uh, it, just, it, it just really makes sense. And then after a while, uh, you know, when you start to get better and better, we, we start moving the markers closer together. And so it becomes more precise. And, uh, 
you know, you'd be surprised how many times uh, maybe I'll have a, a, a group of riders and all of a sudden it turns into a contest for beer that night, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, whatever their motivation is. Whatever just, works. Remember, <laughs> just remember the rule of eight hours from bottle to throttle. Right. Oh, I haven't heard that one before. That's good. I like that. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of signs posted around here. Oh, so, um, okay. So you ready to go to pow power slides? I am absolutely ready. Power slide practice. This one, we're going to be in steps. We're not going to go right to the power slide. There's a few things we want to do uh, to get ready for, for the power slide turn. First one I'll call exercise one. And we just set up a straight row of markers or cones where the cones are about 50 feet apart, about 15 meters or so. And we start at one end of the row and we're going to weave left and right through the cones. And we're going to use our foot pegs to uh, steer the bike in the beginning. But then uh, once we're kind of warmed up, instead of our foot pegs, we're going to blip the throttle. In other words, uh, we're going to roll on the gas uh, to break the rear wheel loose and step that wheel out a little bit, just a few inches, and it's going to turn the bike around the cone. So you can use a combination. You're going to you're going to give it a slight lean, and you're going to blip the throttle. Yeah, the the primary purpose is to work on the throttle part of it. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that you you really can't separate body position and throttle. Um, they, they really are two halves of the same thing. And so if you say I'm going to keep my body neutral and just do throttle, it doesn't work. You know, so uh, focus on the throttle. And if you need to make a few little adjustments through the foot pegs, then go ahead. Uh, but eventually, it's just going to come automatically. Now, I've got a videotape of this particular exercise. So the, this so video as well will be in the show notes again. So just drop by the website okay. and you can watch that video. Okay. Um, so anyway, if you visualize going down left and right through the straight line cones, I'm going brrrp. And then to the other side, brrrp. And then to the other side, rip, and I'm just spinning the wheel around. I'm moving the bike uh, to the other side, and, and I'm steering with my right hand and my boots if I have to. And you're getting the feel of kicking that wheel out, kicking the rear wheel out. That's right. It also gives you a sense of how many RPMs you need in order to spin the wheel and step it out. Mm. And and you'd be surprised. Um, you, you just You really don't need that much power. As long as your body position is forward and you're off-weighting uh, the rear wheel. If you're like back into a braking position, you're weighting the rear wheel, you're going to have a much rougher time. But you're not braking, you're accelerating. So neutral to uh, slightly forward into an attack position. And you can break that rear wheel loose really easily and steer the bike with actually very few RPMs. Okay, then that's exercise one. Now, exercise two is we, we do the same thing, only this time we set up two rows of markers that uh, are two lines that are about 50 feet apart from each other. And instead of just going weaving in between uh, cones, now we're going to go over to the left side, the left line to the left cone, 
and we're going to flip the throttle and bring it around and so that we're coming now back over to the far right side. Okay, we're, we're going to so, put a diagram in the show notes that shows what this is. Basically, we're talking about two parallel lines of markers that are slightly offset. So you're, you're serpentining around these. Yeah, uh, what we've done is uh, created more extreme turns. And they're not 90-degree turns. They're still curves, but they're more ex extreme. So we're working our way up to a 90-degree turn. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just a confidence builder. And it also, now we're, we're definitely using more body position. And so as we work our way through these exercises, it just, it's, it just feels good. It's like, oh, yeah, I get it. And okay. And then eventually you get to that point, all right, let's, let's go to the turn. Now, uh, again, we, we end up having contests all the time uh, when we're doing classes. And so one of the contests is uh, on this exercise too, is I want you to spin the rear wheel up and slide it to the outside. And I want you to knock the marker over with the rear tire. Mm, I like that. And then, and, and you flip the throttle and, you know, a lot of times the, the wheel come out before the marker or after the marker. And then pretty soon they, they think, oh, okay, this is what it's gonna take. To, to knock that thing over with my rear tire. And so then we got to have somebody to keep setting markers up. But okay, so uh, that's kind of uh, exercise two. Then exercise three, these power slide turns, is uh, the same thing that we were doing with the brake slide. Now we're going to set up uh, uh, some gates. And we're using six cones just like we did for the brake slide turn. And we're gonna come to a full stop, uh, almost a full stop with our straight brake slide. And then we're gonna come on the gas at that entry point, And we're gonna hold the gas around the corner. We're gonna spin the wheel and step the rear wheel out a little bit. And we're gonna control the amount of slide or the amount of step out with our right hand and with our boots. And we're out in this big flat surface and we're going through markers. And so in the beginning, you're probably going to be knocking a few markers over. And just stop, you know, go back, set the markers up and think about what I just did. And then go back and don't do the same thing, same mistake twice. Just keep practicing and practicing until you're sliding through the entry gate and then to the exit gate to the right. And then come back and start practicing to the left. And again, we'll put these um, diagrams in the show notes and, and videos and different things you have to, to show how to do this. Um, but um, it, it's one of those things you're going to have to take and you're going to have to practice. I love what you've set up here um, with uh, starting off with exercise one, exercise two, and exercise three to build those skills as we go along. So we, we get more comfortable with one thing before we go on to the next. We're not trying to do a full turn, 90 degree turn right off the bat. Uh, in, in training, we use a concept called progressive loading. In other words, we, we always go from the simple to complex. Well, what's simple for one rider may be difficult for another. So we got to treat everybody as individuals. And so as we go through the sequence of exercises, then people know about where they're at and what they need to work on. And so it becomes much more comfortable for everybody. But if you're doing it yourself... Uh, you know, you're going to be able to figure out your own comfort level 
and and just know when you're ready to move on to the next exercise. And then eventually, you're going to get ready to show off. Coach, great to have you on <laughs> again. Thank you very much. Hey, it was my pleasure, Jim, and uh, I, I look forward to next time. there a couple of times the diagrams and more information about what coach is talking about is on our website www.adventureriderradio.com in the show notes for this episode so go there you can download it and print the things out um it's probably an excellent way to do it he suggests even printing it out taking it with you so you can go through the steps as you're practicing out in the field somewhere so have fun with it i was speaking with coach ramey stroud and of course you can find out more about him by visiting his website ridecoach.com This episode was made possible in part by Max BMW at maxbmw.com, Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com, MotoBreeze Chain Oilers at motobreeze.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at greenchiliadv.com. that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer Elizabeth Martin and of course to you the listener thank you very much. Now uh, don't forget to go to the website to www.adventureriderradio.com and look at the show notes for this episode because we've got the diagrams in there a bunch of things that go along with this and I strongly encourage you to get out there and try it. Look at this print some stuff off and then go give it a go on your bike and while you're there um, I'd love it Elizabeth would as well if you check out our support button. We've got some new options on Patreon there and we're encouraging you to, to go and check that out. www.adventureriderradio.com Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. Thanks for listening. See you next week. My name is Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Hi, I'm Roseanne Hansen and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Adventure Rider Radio.